Hello, people. Welcome to the So What Next podcast. Um, joining me today is someone who is very dear to me. Um, she's one of, she's actually the first mother that I worked with in her journey. And we're going to hear from her. And she's going to introduce herself because Muna, she's gone through transitions, as we all know that grief does this. So where she's at right now, and she will introduce herself. Madam. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kecho, for having me Thank you for today. I am actually very pleased that today I actually get to find out. I was the first mother that reached out. Uh, my name is Wendy Ajank. And... Uh, Mm-hmm. We shall jazz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. we Welcome, Wendy. So, yes. yes, you were the first mother. So what happened is after I released the book, uh, many mothers were reaching out but um, asking for a friend. So you were the first person who actually said, I have lost my baby. You were the first person. Everyone was going around the, the whole issue. And I think uh, from our conversation from then on, uh, we've kind of tried and broken that barrier, though I think um, this is something that we're still going to learn. So, Wendy, I will ask you as we go along. All right. As we go along, do tell us a little bit about your story. How did we end up on the phone call? Um, I know it was the beginning of the year. Yes. So we can start from December. <clears throat> it was November. It was December. December, yes. It was December 2018. Uh, So uh, mine was a really long series of things. And I think by the time I reached out to you, now this was like the most painful loss I had ever experienced. Yeah. Because there is um, getting pregnant and then you have a miscarriage there is that connection you have with your child, mm. even when they are not born. Mm. But for me, the worst pain of all of them was uh, when I actually gave birth to a very healthy baby. Mm. And five days later, I had to lose that child. Mm. So I was in a place of confusion. Of uh, it's, it's something that I didn't understand. And until... I read your book. That is when I actually understood that this is a process. Yeah. I cannot wake up tomorrow and say I am fine. Yeah. It is not going to be possible for me. Yeah. So when I reached out to you, I was reaching out in more of this has come. We've literally come. I have come losing. And uh, me losing this one... It felt like my whole world was crashing. Okay. Yes. I'm going to take you back because we need to understand <laughs> and break it down for people because you, we are actually trying to encourage other women that they are not alone, yes. that these things happen, but more so when they happen, I mean, we are seated across from one another. It's not the end of the world. Yes. So what happened, and please let us mention Kaylee's name, um, the baby's name. Um, what happened Exactly. Take me through that day. The day? The day that, that now her birth. Oh, okay. Yes. So um, I have, uh, at that point, I had been uh, in that relationship for 
uh, about 13 years, but it was an on and off relationship. Yes. Um, and then I got pregnant for my first child. I had my first beautiful baby. She's called Kyla. Uh, and then I... Kyla is how old now? She's Kyla is 10. 10 yes. Yes. So uh, when Kyla was about one and a half, mm. that is when I started to experience loss. Loss. Okay. Because I got pregnant and before I could even come around to the fact that, yeah, I am pregnant, yeah. I'm not going to have to go through the morning sicknesses and all, I lost the child. Okay. okay. And before I could snap a finger, I was pregnant. Mm. For now, my second child is mm. called Christian. He's uh, almost, uh, he's almost seven. And uh, from the time Christian was born, that is when I started experiencing the loss. And I kept trying in hopes that I would keep. Yes, that they would stay. Yes, yes. they would stay. Yes. I kept trying in the hope that I would be able to carry this pregnancy. Yes. So in the span of Christian to Caitlin, yes. I lost another seven pregnancies. Wow. Okay? Wow. Caitlin was my ninth she was coming, yes. Yes, yeah. she was my ninth loss. Yes. Okay. Um, but right before Caitlin, I had had a stillbirth. Yes. And uh, it it didn't strike me then. I didn't acknowledge mm, mm. that I had lost. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So it wasn't that painful. Yeah. Um, and I remember um, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel reaching out to me and I told her I am having a hard time connecting with my pregnancy yeah. because I lost. You I lost do not, so yes, yes, I do not want to feel an attachment to this child yes. because, in I, I yes, in case baby. I lose yeah. this baby. Yeah. And there were so many people that reached out to me mm. and they were like, you can, you can carry this, you, you can, can carry this, you can do this, yes. you can walk to the finish line. Yeah. And that is when I started to get attached. Yes. 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 I started to hope. Yes. Okay. Um, and then I, I got, I, I got in that period. It was about two months. I got so overwhelmed yeah. with the strength I was getting from other people. Other people, yeah, yeah. I did not buy anything for Caitlin. Nothing. You know how expectant mothers go out yes, on a rampage. Yes. I did not buy anything for her. Everything that Caitlin was going to own came from came from everywhere, even people that I didn't know. Yeah. And it it really challenged me. And in my mind, I was like, if people can believe yeah. on your behalf, yes, yes. then you can actually do it. Yes. So they stood so, in the gap Yes, for you. they stood in yeah. the gap for me and I got attached. Mm. I got attached. I, I became happy. Mm. I became hopeful. Yeah. I started to speak words of... Uh, encouragement to myself. I said yes. I started mm. to affirm to my child. Mm. I told her, "You're going to be my miracle baby." Yeah, yeah. You're going to be the thing that changes my life. Mm. Mm. Okay. And at this point in my relationship, that was what I was going to God. We were not anywhere near how spouses yes. how spouses should, spouses be should be when they are getting ready for yeah. a child. Yeah. Because I remember the night I went to the hospital, we had a fight. 
a really big fight, he flipped the bed. Wow. <laughs> wow. He flipped the bed. And in my mind, I was like... Were you on the bed? No. Okay. Oh, his anger was... Yes. Okay. And mm. in my mind, I was like, and this is the relationship I am bringing Being another child mind. into. As as a woman, I think at that point, I still had this notion of bananda babatia. Yes. Yes. I can't walk out of this marriage. Yeah. Yes. I think I think for me, what kept me in that relationship for the longest time, because at one point I stopped to think about I am being in this relationship for the kids. Yes. Because the kids are going to grow and you'll leave. Yeah. Sorry, and they'll and leave. They'll leave and, and then, then you're still stuck there. in this relationship. Mm. So in my mind, I was like, I am not doing this for the kids. No, this is me. So I need to find out why I'm doing this. Okay? Yeah. And I kept trying. Yeah. And I was like, Bananda Babatia. Yeah. I cannot. Sisobola. And <laughs> my mom's sister would keep telling me, Ewafete Tunova. Yep. And in my mind, I was like, now, how do I walk to my family and tell them Tinanovie? Yeah. That is already a bad cloud. Yeah, a couple of days before I went into the hospital, uh, his mom came over. Mm. And uh, I had had this whole pregnancy and I didn't have a maid. So she had brought me. Um, help, yes. Help. Yes. And so she decided to stick around until mm. I had the but child, yes. yes. And in those few days, we would fight behind our bedroom door. And she would not know. She wouldn't know. She wouldn't know. She wouldn't know that me and her son are struggling. Yeah. You put up a front for her. Yes. Yes. I get that. Yeah. The day, it was a Friday. Mm. No, it was a Thursday. Thursday, the 13th of December, 2020, 2018. I spent that whole day in labor. Mm. And I think the part of the reason why I didn't tell my mother-in-law was because the previous night we had had a fight with the son. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, she's Who most probably me? going to side with her. Yes. So I kept quiet. Yeah. His brother came around, told me, yo, they told me tomorrow at 10, I'm taking it to a hospital. And I'm like, you're taking me, what will he be doing? And... He didn't have an answer. Mm. So I just left it at that and walked away. Mm. And he, he he really wanted to find out the details. Uh, do I have everything ready? Do, he really seemed interested. Mm. Mm. But I didn't give him the time of day. Because, I mean, if the father of the child is not ready to be there, yeah. then why should you, the yeah. brother, show up? Yeah. So I went through the day with my... I would like to think of them as cramps, <laughs> but they were actually <laughs> labor pains. <laughs> yeah. And then when he flipped the bed on me, mm. it intensified. Yeah. Now, now just picture stress. you're in a house mm. with your mother-in-law, mm. your husband, and his brother. And you're calling someone in Buevaja. To come and to come and pick you from, from Luzira to take you to Chibuli. <laughs> wow. Because that is what I did. I called my mom wow. and told her, you need to come 
and take me to the hospital. Oh my God. And my mom asked me, isn't other people in the house with you? Yeah. And I told her, I want you. And mm. she said, okay. Mm -hmm. It took about 40 minutes to get to me. Yeah. And in those 40 minutes, I had, my water had already broken. Mm. I, I was, I was in a lot of pain. Mm. And I was hiding in the kids' bathroom. So when she came and they saw her, they knew something was up. So they started looking for me. Yeah. And then Kayla tells them, she's in the bathroom. Yeah. Our bathroom. <laughs> so my mom comes and then she asks me, where's the hospital staff? I tell her it's in my room. Mm. But because she's Nazala, she, she can't. can't enter the, yes. So I went in and here I am pulling my suitcase. With your flipped bed there. Yes. <laughs> And he's coming to okay. help me. In the sweetest look sounding Innocent. like yes. the things we have to endure. I went to the hospital. He came with us. He signed the medical documents. And off I was wheeled into the theater because mm. mine was an elective cesarean. Mm. Okay. So we go in. I come out after like an hour. Uh, the baby's taken to the nursery and I'm freezing. Yeah, that's normally what happens. It's in the middle of the night and he's looking for where to buy a second duvet. And I told him, you can't look. Just drive home, home and get home. And get one. Yes. Uh, for this particular child, I I was strong. Mm. Mm. I must say, I must admit, I was very strong. Because mm. uh, I had had my cesarean between midnight and one on the 14th mm. of December. It was on Saturday. No, it was a Friday. Friday? Yes. Yeah. Um, and by eight in the morning, I was walking to the nursery to feed my child. Wow. Yes. I get to the nursery and then the nurse tells me, the night nurse has already fed her. So I look at her with... Fed her with what? And I'm like, fed her with what? Yeah. And she's like, I thought you guys had given her formula. And I was like, no, I am here. My boobs are dripping. Yeah. Why did you give my mm -hmm. child formula? Yeah. No answer. So I breathe in, I cuddle my child, and then mommy tells me, let's walk back to the room. Mm. So before I walked back, I asked her, when can I come to feed my child? Yeah, yes. Then she tells me, come back after two hours. So at 10, mm. I walk back down. Mm -hmm. When I walk back down, they tell me, pump milk. And leave us with the bottle. And I'm like, no. But you're here. The I am here. here. The boob is here. The she wants to there. feed. Yes. Why do you want me to pump? Yes. Uh -huh. So I call my friend. I tell her, Yo, I need a pump. And she's like, okay. So she goes, buys me a pump, and she brings. Mm. 
she did feed at 10 she didn't feed, she didn't feed. Caitlin didn't feed so i go back at midday jesus and now i have pumped milk but i also have milk yes yes so i go back and i tell her uh-huh so i've come the milk that you guys wanted the pumped milk is here and she's like okay you feed her so i get my baby my very pretty <laughs> She, Caitlin was, she was, she was beautiful. Mm. She was, she, she was really brown. With her long fingernails. <laughs> With her long fingernails. Mm. And long fingernails. Mm. And she had that baby hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I look at her. It's the first time I'm actually holding her and mm. looking at her and admiring everything about her. Her little toes. Her, she was perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I get her. I feed her. She burps. I put her back to sleep. sleep. But she has... Uh, um, what is that thing called? It was not a feeding tube. The one through the nose. Yes, mm, it was not mm. attached to anything, mm. but it was there. Yeah. Uh, so I asked the nurse, so when, when does this come off? And then she says, soon. And I'm like, okay. So I ask her, when can I come back? And then she tells me, you'll come back at four since you've brought milk. Mom, yes, mom. pumped milk. So I go back at four. Meanwhile, I am... On like the, after your C-section. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so um, I go back at four, and then they tell me, uh, during the two hours that you were away, baby got a bit of... Um, she couldn't breathe on her own, so we had to put her on oxygen. But we are planning on taking her off, and I'm like, okay. So... I keep going back in intervals of two. Two hours. Yes. And she's there. She's crying like any other baby. Yeah. She's, uh, I feel at this point, I don't feel like there's anything to worry about. Okay. So we're going to Saturday. Yeah. Now, on Saturday, they tell me she developed jaundice. So they put her in one of those. Yeah. Infrared, yes. Lights, and then, uh, of course, inside that, she's still on oxygen. Mm. And then uh, they asked me to run tests. On her? Yes, Mm -hmm. which we agreed to. Mm -hmm. But by Saturday evening, afternoon, I didn't feel like I wanted to be in that hospital anymore. So I call my husband up and I'm like, yo, we need to ask for, we need to transfer this child to a better facility. Yeah. Either in Zambia or Rwaga, whichever hospital yeah. will have us. Yeah. Okay. And then he tells me, let me call you back. He calls me back in two hours and tells me, my sister says, yo, those guys have the best nickel neonatal uh, intensive they, care they actually have the they actually have what are those people called those senior doctors they're called what have you forgotten the word he used 
And I'm like, but she's not here. It's a weekend. She's not here. She's not going to be here until Monday. Yeah. So why can't we take the child now? Yeah. At this point, Caitlin's stomach has started Swelling. to swell. So I am asking the nurses, how long since she pulled? And they're like, it's been a while. Yo, she's a child. You're feeding her. She has to poop at some point. Yes. But because you're talking and there's no response, you chill out and just... And they look at you like you're trying to be annoyed. Oh, this is the problem of the medical stuff, yeah. By 7 p.m. on Saturday, mm. it was very visible that if I do not move my child, she's not going to make it through the night. Yeah. So I call... My husband and I tell him, you know what? I love you and I love your family and I will take all the nonsense you guys can throw at me. But this is my child we are talking about. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do, we need to think about the child and not us yeah. as adults yeah. because that would be selfish. And he tells me, I'll see you guys in the morning. The morning comes, he goes to church. After church, he comes. And that whole day, I kept telling him, we need to get out. out. Mm. And he kept stalling mm. and stalling and stalling. He hires a brother that at that time he was uh, pursuing medicine and he tells the brother, yo, can you please buy, pass by the hospital and check on Wendy and Caitlin? So the brother comes and it's actually the brother that told him, you know what? I think Wendy was right. I remember turning to mommy and I told her a mother's intuition or his nose. Yeah, it does. And uh, mommy tells me, just keep calm. We are going to go through this. And uh, we were able to leave the hospital, Chivuli. And... Uh, get transferred to the specialized hospital for women in Molago. Mm. Um, I, want, I want to say thank you so much to that brother mm. um, because he gave me hope. Yeah. Hope that my child can live. So, what Chibuli did was even when they gave us the transfer, they, 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 the reason for transferring us was nothing related to the medical. Their reason for transferring us was social economic 
status. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you're walking into Mulago. Yes. And the nurses are looking at you and wondering, are you going to be able to to take take care care of this bill? Yes. And we were all looking at each other and... Wondering whether you had not cleared the bill in Kingsway. Yeah, like what is happening? But the bill had been cleared to zero. Yes. So we get... We get in there and then um, on... This is Monday? Yeah. No, Sunday night. So, Sunday night, we walk in about past midnight. We found a very sweet lady. God bless her heart. Um, And uh, she took me through the whole procedure. They admitted me. They admitted Caitlin. Then she told me tomorrow um, a a, a surgeon will come, see her. Uh, Then we'll talk on what to do Mm, next. mm. Um, and, uh, true. Next day? Next day, the guys came in, the whole team came in, they looked at her, they examined her, they took blood tests, they did all this. And the doctor told me, from the scan that Chibuli had done, Mm. I don't see anything wrong with this child, but we are going to go in. And do our own tests. Yes. So they run the tests on Monday. And then Tuesday morning he comes in and tells me, um, we are going to prep her for surgery tomorrow Mm. at 8 in the morning. Mm. And uh, to be honest with you, I am going to go in. I hope I can repair the... The in, yes, the intestine, the damage that was brought to the intestines, mm. and then we can talk from there. So Tuesday, most of my family comes in, my relatives, my aunties, my cousins. Are you seeing first? Of all, are you seeing Caitlin at this point? Are yes. You in the same room? Are you no, in the we room? are not in the same room. She's in the NICU, and, and I am in okay. the maternity ward. Okay. But I can go see her, yes, anytime. So I made it a point to go, even when... Even when it wasn't necessary, you were just there, mommy. Then um, at about about four, as I let the last guests go, I go and I ask the nurse, how how is she doing? I last checked on her like an hour ago. How is she doing? Mm. Then the nurse told me she hasn't pooped. Mm. At this point, she's not even passing urine. Mm. So I ask her, what does that mean? But because she cannot tell me directly, she has to go through a doctor. Yeah. She told me the doctor will come and, and talk to you. Yes. The doctor didn't come. Um, but before they actually even started running the tests, I remember them telling me, you need to deposit something. Yes. The money thing, it comes in. And there I am on the phone again, standing at the window, looking down. And my husband tells me, I am in Namave, I am with my bosses. How do we do this? And I told him, I do not know how you're going to do it. And with all honesty, I do not care. You just have to be here with the money. Either send it 
or send someone to come and bring it. Yeah. I don't know if I was a loudspeaker. <laughs> but the next thing I knew, he was in the hospital with all his bosses. All of them. And they were very supportive. Yeah. Very encouraging. One of them actually, I found out that day that he's a pastor mm. and he prayed for us. That's good. Mm. Um, then we did the money thing and then they left. Now, that night, Tuesday night, yes. I go to see Caitlin right before I go to my, where I was supposed to sleep and all. It's about 11 and... I remember reaching the bed where she was and I touched her forehead mm -hmm. and I told her, yo, whatever you do, do not leave me because you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be my, my miracle, mm -hmm. my light at the end of the tunnel in the storm I have had over this whole yeah. couple of years, yes. you're supposed to be the one that pulls me through. Yes. And with those words, I left. But deep down in my heart, yeah. I knew. I knew, Kecho, I knew. Deep down in my heart, I knew my daughter would not leave to see another light. Mother, so I went. Or, I, or you just felt? I went to my bed and turned on Dick Creek, had on songs. I listened to one after the other and cried and begged God. Yes. I fell asleep crying and begging him yeah. to spare her life. I fell asleep at about four. I had cried and I had cried, and I had cried. And then in the morning, actually about an hour later, about 5, 5, 5.30, mm. that sweet nurse walks in. The one who had she actually TV. didn't walk in. She just pushed the door and told me, Wendy, you need to come and see baby. She's not doing fine. Wow. And I knew. Yeah. I knew. And it was just going to be a couple of minutes until I lost her. So I ran from, from bed. I am putting on this long blue dress. And I get to the bed where she was. And uh, she tells me, is there a priest you can call? to maybe baptize. And before I could think, my mom told her we are Christians. We don't. We don't baptize. But I'm going to pray for the child. Mm. I'm going to pray for Caitlin. And uh, we'll dedicate her. Mm. And when she said those words, she reached out and dedicated Caitlin to God. And immediately after that, I called my pastor. Mm. And I told him everything that was going on. And he told me, go stand next to the bed. Mm. 
I went, stood over Caitlin, and he dedicated her as well. Mm. And said this very long, lovely prayer. At that time, I started calling friends, mm. family. Yeah. I called my dad. It was so early in the morning. Mm. And usually when I call him so early in the morning, he knows. Something is wrong. So I call him and I tell him, you need to be on the next bus to Kampala. And he said, okay. At this point, I had called my husband and I had told him, I had called my husband and I had told him, Yo, you need to come to the hospital. Caitlin is not well. And the word quickly spread. Yeah. By 7 a.m., half of the hospital room yeah. was filled with friends and family. Yeah. And at this point, I still had hope. There was a green plastic chair that was directly opposite Caitlin's bed, and I remember sitting in it, and I kept swinging back and forth. And I kept saying these words to myself. You're my hope. You're my miracle. You're my blessing. I kept reciting them over and over again. You're my hope. You're my miracle. You're my, my blessing. blessing. You're my hope. You're my miracle. You're my blessing. It was like the prayer I had. Yeah. Yeah. And then the doctor comes in mm -hmm. and the night nurse is giving a report and she keeps talking about Caitlin in the past tense. So I stood up. When I stood up and walked to where they were, my husband pulled me sort of like he knew what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. So I, I reached out on the counter and I hit it so hard. And I told them, why are you talking about her in the past tense? What's going on? Mm. Mm. And then he softly tells me in my ear, babe, she's dead. I felt all the strength yeah. I had in me vanish. I could not lift myself. Mm. I could I could not feel my feet. And then I looked at him and I told him, you can't tell me she's dead when it clearly shows that her body heat is still there. Mm. She's warm. You cannot tell me she's dead. Mm. And he tells me it's because they've covered her up in so many blankets. It's retaining body heat. So I look at his brother then and I ask him, when did she die? Yeah. And he tells me at about 6.30. At 6.30 I was in the hospital with mommy alone. And I was there. 
with all my hope. Yeah. And you people come in. Mm. It is almost eight. And you're telling me she died at 6.30, really? So I look at him and I tell him, why didn't you tell me? And he told me, I am sorry, Wendy. It wasn't my place to tell you. At this point, I'm crying, I'm wailing. And then, I don't know if this happens to only me, but every time I receive bad news, I get a running stomach. Yeah. So I tell my husband I need to go to the bathroom. So he helps he helps me. We walk. We get to this very long corridor. If you've been to the women's mm. hospital, mm. they have very long corridors. We get to the hospital and then he, the corridor and then, and then he breaks down in the corridor. I remember pushing him up against the wall and I told him, yo, get your shit together. Hey. We have two other kids at home. So I can't be breaking down. And you also. I know at some point you will want to. But I need you to hold it together. And then we go to the bathroom. And um, <clears throat> bathroom things happen. Yes. And then we walk back and then they are telling me, can we have, can we do a post-mortem to find out cause of death? Oh, and I'm like, you. yes. And mm -hmm. I'm like, no, you're not going to rip my baby open, open just because you want to find out why she died. The Lord gave her to me in one piece. And I will return. And I will return her in one piece. So we wait around the hospital. They're trying to um, uh, finish the death certificate. Uh, Are they organizing the burial? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of things happened then that I now look back and I'm like, was I so overwhelmed by grief? I did not see all this. Like what? what <laughs> let's, let's just hit one. I know there are many. When you're coming out of the fog, it, it kind of looks like you didn't care, but do mention. The reason why my marriage was falling apart was right there, seated next to me, holding my hand. And I didn't know. And I didn't know. <laughs> and I didn't... No. And then I tell him, you know what, I'm tired. Mm. I need to go home. And then he asks me, do you want Kyle and Christian to be there when you get home? And I was like, no, I should take them mm. to a neighbor's house or something. So I had... Two very nice neighbors on the last floor of our flat. Mm. And I told them, you know, take them up to either Mimi's or Jose's. Mm. And the kids went up. So when I got to the house, I remember I had picture frames on the wall. And I remember looking at them and I'm like, maybe this is what my life is supposed to be. That's it. That's it.
And of course, Lumbe things happened. People came, paid their respects. We had mass. Then they brought her home. Yeah, that's the part. Mm -hmm. When they brought her home, I told him, no, don't bring her in. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, no, don't bring her in. She was in like a small coffin. white coffin mm. in the back seat. And I just told him, um, you guys drive ahead of us. Why didn't you want her to come home? If you ask me, if you had asked me that then, I wouldn't have an answer. But now I do. I wanted to preserve her picture in the eyes of my children. If she was to come home, she should have come alive. alive. Yeah. Then they would have a vivid picture of her. Mm. Mm. I took a picture after she had died. Mm. And I have never shown that picture to anyone. It's yours. It is mine. Yeah. It is mine yeah. and mine alone. Yeah. But I show other pictures of her when she, she was, was alive. Yes. Because I want other people to view her that, that way. way. Yes. yes. And as a mother, you have that right. Yes. yes. Um, so that day, my husband and his family traveled to mm -hmm. the village. Mm -hmm. Away. He did not allow me to travel with them. He told me, I'll come and pick you up the next day. I'll come and pick you up in the morning, and then we can go, bury, and come back. Okay. I said, okay. And then I asked, I asked, can the kids come? And he said, no. But because I'm grieving, yeah. I can't go through the fights. No, you don't have that. There's only energy for one thing right now. So I call my brother's girlfriend. Then she was a girlfriend. Now she's a wife. I mm. tell her, yo, can you please come and take the kids to your mom's house? Because mm. this this, 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 these, these are people that had kept Kyla when I went to have Christian. Yeah. And here they were keeping Kyla and okay. Christian when I'm going to bury They did it happily, joyfully. So we go, we bury, and then we're on the road back. On the road going, I remember listening to Bebe Cool's song. By the way, and that song, every time I listen to it, it I bring it reminds me of her. I went buried and came back. I wanted my life to go back to normal. So fast. Yeah. But it couldn't. <laughs> it couldn't. Yeah. And uh, I I buried myself in housework. There are so many nights and days I would sit on the bathroom floor and wail. Because that bathroom floor is where I threw up when I had the morning sicknesses. Mm. It's where I slept most times. Mm. It was my comfort zone. So now we are... <clears throat> we are how many 
years in five, four, four, almost four. This year will be four years. So how have you honored, as we conclude, how have you honored um, Caitlin's memory? <laughs> Everyone that looks at me, the first thing they notice is the tattoos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have gone out on a rampage of tattooing my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, for her first birthday, I got an, a mom carrying an angel baby. Yeah. With the deaths of her death. Yes. In Roman numerals. Yes. People keep asking, what is that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, since then, I have gotten a tattoo every year. To honor her. To honor her. Not just one, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but about five yes, every year. Every year. <laughs> yes. Like, I think she'd like this one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, for me, it's um, getting the tattoos, people say it's painful. But I find that it's very comforting it's very to comforting, me. Actually, yeah. Yes, it is very comforting to me knowing that now I have a reminder of her, a constant reminder yeah. of her. Her memory will not be forgotten. Yeah. And every year on Christian's birthday, mm. I make it a point to go and visit her because I am not allowed to go unannounced. Yeah, we finished yes. the group. We did the group. Please yes, share, share, about that. share yes. about that. That's very important. Um, he didn't let me be a part of that. By yeah. then, me and him had split. Yes. Yes, but uh, I went there for her one-year uh, anniversary, had mass, and the grave was still... It was as it was, grass growing and everything. Yes. Yeah. But I didn't... I didn't take it up with him. I didn't talk to him about it. On her second anniversary, I think that was when COVID was really rampant and mm. there were very high restrictions on movement. But on her third, mm. I went there mm. and found he had done the grave. Mm. I broke down mm. and cried. And then I gathered myself up mm. and cleaned it. Yeah. I asked for water yeah. and cleaned it. It was peaceful. How did you feel in that moment? Because this is a closure point. It is. Because you yes. didn't get to bury her. I did get to bury you her. Did. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I felt I felt calmness. Yeah. I felt calmness. I felt like now my baby can rest. Mm. Mm. And I won't say I do not have days that I break down. Because after her loss. A lot of things happened and a lot of things changed yeah. for me. Yeah. And I think if she was alive today, <laughs> I would most probably still be in that relationship. Yeah. And I would have never found out who Wendy really is. What can Wendy do? How far can Wendy go? What are the boundaries that Wendy has to push through? Yeah. So... I don't look at her death as something bad that happened, but it was a point of opening for me. Unveiling. Yes, an unveiling for me. 
that you know what you can do this yeah this does not define who you are no. it does not matter what you've been through it matters how you go where you go where next, you go next. Yeah. yes so for me it was it was a turning point in my life okay and in as much as it is a painful one yes. it's a hard one <laughs> yes but it was a turning point Do you yes. have um so there are mothers listening you know a couple or a husband or angel dad what what last what words of encouragement or anything what would you tell them um let's say there's a mother who has just lost a baby what i would say to you is uh don't walk that journey alone it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a lady no one should walk grief alone most especially grief of a child because when you try to walk it alone your whole world is going to crumble and if you're a guy and you're listening to this right now i need you to know that it is okay for you to grieve yeah. it is okay for you to break down mm. and cry mm. it is not just for us yeah. the ladies you need to also find what what brings that comfort to your soul yeah what comfort looks like for yes you. for you yeah. as a man as a man yes yeah. okay thank you wendy so much thank you thank you so so much for coming and being in our space and for sharing your story it has been such a journey um i've walked with you i think on and off at some point yes i do get off because if i'm there all the time <laughs> the unveiling takes longer and it's something yes. that um most mothers they go through eh, eh, but kecho now just left me here but when did he to show that it is for the best so mm. um joining next week thank you so much for listening in to the so what next podcast mm-hmm.